It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, hi, folks. Uh, welcome to this week's Quantum Quantum number 238. Um, I apologize that this may be shorter than usual because I'm not feeling very well. Uh, also, the quality of my voice and uh, my microphone as well. I've not been able to go into the office because of health and I uh, appreciate your prayers about that. Uh, but let's just go straight into uh, today's news or this week's news. In fact, this is this is today's news. This is from the BBC. It's 10 o'clock. Good evening. Welcome to The World Tonight with James Kamarasamy. The end of an era in Scotland as Nicola Sturgeon announces she is stepping down as First Minister and explains why. In my head and in my heart, I know that time is now. That it is right for me, for my party and for the country. We'll examine her legacy and ask what comes... That is Nicola Sturgeon leaving. She has announced her resignation. For those who don't know, she is, of course, the First Minister of Scotland. There's so much that we could say about this and we will say about it at some point. But at this stage, I just want to say when she says, in my head and in my heart. Uh, very much like Jacinda Ardern. It, it may be that she is just worn out, but the reality is the polls for independence are down 12%. She's caught up in an infrastructure case with uh, ferries costing £500 million and still no ferries. Uh, the transgender case, above all, has shown her weakness and shown the extent of opposition to her in Scotland, and the UK government has, has, has had to come in and rescue her. There is an ongoing police case about missing funding or misplaced funding concerning her husband and herself. Uh, the Supreme Court case, which said that the Scottish government couldn't go ahead and do its own independence referendum. I mean, it's just all been going wrong. And I think we'll reflect maybe on her life uh, or her work. Uh, I think overall I am rejoicing that she's left because I think that she has caused so much harm and trouble uh, in Scotland and she's left Scotland a far worse place. It's just been so depressing. Um, I found this uh, video clip, I think someone may have sent it to me, I thought it was very funny actually. Uh, I'll put the video clip up but uh, for those of you who know 24 you'll get the, the gist of it. Um, listen to this. 24 events occur in real time. Scotland's First Minister certainly under a lot of pressure. A crisis is about to explode. Snap bang in the middle of a huge round. My comments about her, uh, the, the person being a rapist. Sent to Cartonville Women's Prison. This person was described in court as preying on vulnerable women. The threat to women. They are not. The question at hand is not whether this rapist should serve a sentence for rape. It's whether this individual <laughs> is a man or a woman, and therefore which prison he or she goes into. So what is your answer? Is this individual a man or a woman? The First Minister was asked this question today at First Minister's Question Time. She gave the response Very confusing answer. At the last count, the First Minister had refused 
12 times to see if Isla Bryson is a man or a woman. A man or a woman. This individual is a rapist. That is uh, the most important thing. Do you regard Isla Bryson as a she woman? herself as a woman. I think you just referred to Isla Bryson using the word her. You, I, I can't remember. I'll take your word for it. It sounds well, like fine. a Freudian Look. slip. My question is, are all trans Look, women women? This you haven't is, answered that question. Well, that's not the point that we're dealing with here. question I'm Trans women are... <laughs> this case clearly demonstrates, I think, the concerns raised by her opponents have a good deal of basis in reality. There was a, a rally outside the Parliament saying that you're a destroyer of women's rights. I mean, have you listened enough to, to women who don't agree with you on the, the reform yeah, of the I've, gender? I've listened, I've listened a lot. You said that some of the opponents are transphobic, misogynistic, homophobic, maybe racist as well. Who are you talking about? Where, where have you seen these these things? Where, where is this a fact? Her popularity, along with the SNP's, has fallen. Support for the SNP is at its lowest uh, for five years. We are running out of time! Get out of there, Jack. Now, who's going to replace her? That, that's interesting. The person who should replace her, the most competent person, is her is the treasurer or her finance um, secretary, Kate Forbes. But already uh, I've been in, involved with journalists and others who are saying, no, no, Kate Forbes can't do it because Kate Forbes would be, uh, I can't remember what the expression is, well, basically because she's a Christian. Um, have we really reached the case in the United Kingdom where a Christian cannot hold senior office? Maybe, maybe. One of the reasons that Nicola has gone is uh, because of this. That, of course, is Hogwarts theme. The Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling. Um, Nicola decided to take on J.K. Rowling. And she lost badly. And it's very interesting. If you, if you just went by Twitter or Newsweek or CNN, uh, you would get statements like, uh, Rowling is now considered to be problematic and we need to boycott her and so on. Um, guess what all these people calling for a boycott have done? It is the number one video game. She's got a game called Hogwarts Legacy and it's absolutely flying off the shelves. Um, quite remarkable. It's number one on Steam, Epic and Amazon, even before its official release tomorrow. Okay, let's move on quickly to um, this song. You and I in a little toy shop Buy a bag of balloons with the money we've got Set them free at the break of dawn To one by one they were gone Back at base, box in the software Flash the message, something's out there Floating in the summer sky Ninety-nine red balloons go That's Nina, 99 Red Balloons. And if you've been watching the news, you've got to know what this is about. This is a crazy story. Um, this is the White House spokesperson 
uh, answering a question about the shooting down of balloons. The weather service website here says that 900, the, the weather balloons are released around the world, 900 locations twice a day, every single day of the year, including 92 released by the National Weather Service in the U.S. Um, that they fly for at least two hours a day, drift as far as 125 miles on the ground. Um, if, if it turns out, as it looks like, that the, that, that the President um, and, and Mr. Trudeau sent Top Gun fighters to blow weather balloons out of the sky, is the, does, the, does the President regret that, and is he embarrassed? By that. I'm not going to get ahead of what um, of any final decision. We just don't know yet. We actually just don't know. Now, there is no question that there was a Chinese spy balloon which was shot down and probably needed to be shot down. But now Biden and others have gone gung-ho and it appears as though they're shooting down weather balloons. Mind you, um, the conspiracy theorists on uh, Twitter and TikTok and Facebook and everywhere else are saying, no, no, this is it. This is the this is the alien invasion that's happening now, and our governments, the Illuminati, are shooting down the aliens. Yeah, right. But uh, you know, I you, you talk about a world gone mad. R Rishi Sunak, the government spokesperson in the UK, was asked, "Does Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister, believe in aliens?" And the response was, "It's not something I've asked him." In the US, the senior US journal, Glenn Van Herc, said he would not rule out aliens as a source of the threat. Oh my goodness. Well, if you think that's mad enough, let's just think about woke watch. The words male and female should be phased out in science because they re reinforce ideas that sex is binary. Scientists, now we have to say some scientists have suggested and these are apparently Canadian and American scientists, because most other scientists in the world still have some degree of rationality. Researchers studying ecology and evolutionary biology should be encouraged to use terms such as sperm producing or egg producing or XY, XX individuals to avoid emphasizing heteronormative views, the, these experts say. Other pro problematic words, have you ever used these? Man, woman, mother, Father, primitive, advanced, alien, or oh, sorry, used that earlier, invasive, exotic, non-native, and race. The EEB, evolutionary and evol evolutionary ecology and evolutionary biology language project, uh, says such terminology is harmful and not inclusive. Even the term the survival of the fittest should no longer be used because it discriminates against people with disabilities and his links to eugenics. Well, I, I never thought I would see a day when I'd be saying that I agree with Richard Dawkins on almost everything just now, and he's just weighed into this and said, no way, you're not doing this. Uh, I'm going to use every single one of them. And then there's a tremendous article by Frank Faridi uh, on, again, this language police. And I think this is really important because I, I want to come on to something with this in a moment. So, again, he talks about how the local government association have an inclusive language guide where mum and dad, of course, are gone, homeless is gone, ladies and gentlemen is gone, expat is gone, deprived neighbourhoods is gone, second generation is gone, lifestyle choices is gone, economic migrant is gone. Um, the LGA said instead of mum and dad, we should use birthing parent. 
The LGA has not yet, says Faridi, coined the term non-birthing parent, but watch this space. Sky Sports banned the term nitty-gritty. <laughs> this one, I love this one. The National Theatre of Scotland has decided that the word spooky should be censored because it's got racist connotations. Archaeologists at Brandis University have banned the word picnic because they claim picnic was often associated with lynchings of black people in the United States. Frank Faridi tells this rather moving story. He says that as soon as I heard that my mother had a stroke, I went to see her at our local hospital. Upon arrival, I introduced myself to the nurse with the words, I'm Frank Faridi, I'm Clara's son. The woman looked at me and said, you mean you're her carer? No, her son, I responded. But she was insistent, no, you are her carer. Later, a hospital administrator explained that they use the word carer because it includes all. Apparently, not every patient has a close relative to look after them. That's why in Australia, the Department of Health defines everyone who provides help to an ill or frail person as a carer. Its website notes that many carers don't consider themselves to be carers, they just see themselves as just family members. These people, I think they're sick, to be honest, but they're seeking to redefine our identity. I go home, I look after my mother, not because I'm her, her carer, I care for her because I'm her son. Now he cites a woman, I've forgotten her name, but I thought this quote was great. Language is our means of classifying and ordering the world, our means of manipulating reality. In its structure and in its use, we bring our world into realization. And if it is inherently inaccurate, then we are misled. If the rules which underlie our language system, our symbolic order, are invalid, then we are daily deceived. Now, all we are seeing out here, if you're a Christian, you should know the story of the Tower of Babel. And all we are seeing playing out here is the destruction of language, which itself is part of Satan's plan to destroy humanity, not aliens. All right, all of that's fairly heavy, so let's have a wee advert break. Here comes the lilt man. Here comes the lilt man. Lilt with a totally tropical taste. Pineapple and grapefruit. Hot sun is bright. That's Lilt, the soft drink brand Lilt. And after 50 years, <laughs> it was called Lilt, the totally tropical taste. It's now going to be known as Fanta, Pineapple and Grapefruit, according to Coca-Cola. I have no idea why. Maybe Lilt's racist, I don't know. Um, but... Talk about overreaction, a fan on Twitter said, I'm not sure I want to live in a world where Lilt, the totally tropical experience, no longer exists. So we had a wee bit of reggae, so let's have some more. Um, this, of course, is Bob Marley. All pirates, yes, they rabbi. Sold I to the merchant ships Minutes after they took I From the bottomless pit But my hand was made strong 
By the hand of the Almighty, we forward in this generation triumphantly. Won't you help to sing these songs of freedom? Cause all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs That uh, was some at least of his wonderful redemption songs. Um, I love that song, Emancipate Yourselves from Mental Slavery. None but ourselves can free our minds. Have no fear for atomic energy, because none of them can stop the time. How long shall they kill, shall they kill our prophets while we stand aside and look? Ooh, some say it's just a part of it. We've got to fulfill the book. Won't you help to sing these songs of freedom? Some say it's just a part of it. We've got to fulfill the book. Won't you help to sing these songs of freedom? Cause all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs Redemption songs Now I read, and this appears to be true, um, I've not been able to verify it from other sources, but this was, I think, in Premier Christianity, so I'm assuming they verified it, that uh, Tony Cummings reports that the kind of Rastafarian prophet became a Christian before his death in 1981. Someone called Judy Moat recorded when Bob, Bob was on his dying bed, his wife Rita called me on the phone and said to me that Bob was in such excruciating pain and he stretched out his hand and said, Jesus take me. I was wondering to myself, why is it that Bob said Jesus and not Selassie, Haile Selassie? But I never said it to anyone. Then I met a friend of mine and he said his sister was a Christian, was a nurse at the hospital, before he passed on and she led him to the Lord Jesus Christ. So when Rita saw him saying, Jesus take me, he'd already received the Lord Jesus Christ into his life. Actually earlier, I think about uh, six months earlier, he was accepted into the Ethiopian Orthodox Church by Archbishop Abuna Yesekiak and uh, he was given the name Barhani Selassie. I, I don't know, I just, I love that story. Redemption songs, these songs of freedom, songs of freedom. Okay, let's, uh, we haven't played a national anthem for a while. This is one of my favorites. Italian national anthem, Canto degli Italiana, 
No, the reason we're playing that anthem is because uh, really to report on something that we reported on a while ago. And the interesting thing, it's not been reported on much. I think, I can't remember if this was an article in The Telegraph or, uh, no, it was in The Spectator about Maloney. Uh, Italy's first woman prime minister. Now remember, a hundred days ago when she was elected, the global media told us this was fascism returned. The New York Times said the future is Italy and it's bleak. Uh, CNN, the BBC, The Economist, even the Daily Telegraph described it as the most right wing. One German ma magazine defined Maloney as the most dangerous woman in Europe. They could never provide any evidence for this other than that she was anti-abortion. Now, I'm not sure when becoming anti-abortion made you a fascist, but that's the level of political discourse nowadays. But what Maloney has done is really quite extraordinary. For example, she's uh, set up an $8 billion offshore gas production deal with uh, Libya. It's the biggest single foreign investment in Libya's energy sector, and it's helping wean Italy off reliance on Russia's gas. She has stopped 22,000 illegal migrants coming, although still 100,000 actually did make it over. Her popularity is rising. It was expected to fall apart when she was elected. The Brothers of Italy got 26%. They're now standing at 30% in the polls. The Italian priest, police, priests, no, the Italian police arrested the bosses, the the chief boss of the Costa Nostra, the Sicilian Mafia, who'd been on the run for 30 years. Even The Economist wrote this week, few governments approach the end of their first hundred days in such good shape as Giorgia Maloney's right-wing coalition. You'd never think that would be the case. And if you watch CNN or the ABC, or even the BBC, you wouldn't know that that was the case now, would you? And speaking of the BBC, let me just say something about Prevent, the de-radicalization program. Now, there's a whole lot more I wanted to say about it, but let me just say this. There's a review that's been presented to the Home Secretary by someone called William Shawcross, which says that the anti-radicalization program Prevent had failed to do enough to counter the dangers from non-violent Islamist extremism because they were scared of being accused of Islamophobia. Now, I didn't know this until I read this <laughs> in preparing for this, but seven of the 13 terror attacks in the past six years, including the murder of MP David Ames, the stabbing of three friends in a Reading Park and the bombing of Liverpool Women's Hospital, have been carried out by Islamist extremists who had been referred to prevent. See, these people if they get a hint of something being politically incorrect, they'll go for it. But, oh no, we, we mustn't be Islamophobic. You see where it's coming from? All right, let's change tack and let's, uh, hey, have a listen to this. A rebel took to the streets. He recruited others to join him. They quit their jobs, left their families, and swore allegiance to him. They roamed the hood, challenged authority, and made a lot of people uneasy. Community leaders feared them. Religious leaders abhorred them. Law enforcement labeled them outlaws. We have to shut them down, they said. 
Get them off the streets. Protect our communities from these troublemakers. But they weren't part of a gang spreading hate and terror. They were spreading love. Now, I don't know if you watch the Super Bowl. I basically have no interest in watching the Super Bowl. I'm sure my American friends, most of you do. But uh, what you heard just there was part of an advert. Now, it cost 20 million for this organization called He Gets Us. It's the largest advertising spend by a religious group in history. Um, they are, it's estimated that $545 million was spent in total on advertising during the Super Bowl. But this 20 million He Gets Us thing is expected to be part of a one billion outlay in advertising. Now, p groups like CNN, this made me immediately want to like this group because CNN had a go at them saying they were evangelical Christians and you have to be really suspicious of them in effect and, and questioning whether they were really right wing under, dis under disguise. But what about those of us who are Christians and we don't buy into that kind of nonsense? What about that advertising campaign? Well, I was asked about it and my own personal view is just simply this. I think it's very effective in terms of how it's done. It's done really well. I'm not even sure that I would be prepared to argue that the money was entirely wasted. Although I do think spending a billion dollars on advertising, wow, I'm not, no, I'm not sure. But I think this, the messages, Jesus confronted racism with love. Jesus was sick of hypocrisy too. Jesus was a refugee. Jesus went all in too. Jesus welcomed the poor. Jesus was fed up with politics too. Jesus let his hair down too. He gets us. It's really trying to say that Christ identifies with us as we are. I'm not sure that's a radical message. I'm not sure that's enough. I'm not sure that draws people to Christ. I think a lot of people say, oh, fair enough. Jesus is one of us. Great. I'll just carry on. I don't know. Let me know what you think. And then one other thing before I go, and I have managed, I think, to do the whole time, um, this Asbury revival. So again, thank you to those of you who uh, contacted me and told me about it. Um, let's listen to this. So I went and, um, and, and checked it out. You know, what I observed was, again, I already said this, it didn't feel like it was manufactured and certainly not planned, uh, just kind of organically emerged from a seemingly routine chapel service, which I thought was really compelling. It fits with the spirit blows where he wishes. You don't know where he's coming from or where he's going. I was impressed by the reverence and solemnity, mm -hmm. honestly, the weightiness mm -hmm. that was taking place. Um, it felt very much, you know, when God does visit in unique ways, it doesn't necessarily lead to excitement. It leads to you're on holy ground. You, you might want to take your shoes off kind of disposition. Right. I experienced that very weighty combined with this peculiar joy in the fear of the Lord kind of thing. I wept. I mean, people were weeping. I was weeping. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of scripture, a lot of prayer, um, a lot of Jesus glorified. I think that's a mark of, of awakening, revival, whatever language you want to use, is that the spirit loves to make Jesus famous and mm -hmm. and and it was very Christ centered um I didn't Now I would highly recommend listening to that podcast that's a speak live podcast and it's Glenn Shrivener uh, discussing with Robert Cunningham who's been there I found it a very interesting and fascinating discussion
Um, and I mean, there's no need for me to go into all the details, but it's interesting that I'm seeing this from lots of different, particularly on social media. This may well be the first social media revival. Now, some people, some of you wrote in and you're entirely cynical and others of you wrote in saying, this is the next revival, this is what we've been waiting for. And all I want to say is, we don't know. Hang loose about that. It does appear that there's something going on. And, you know, I think there's lots of this stuff going on all the time in many places, but without social media. I think what concerns me is the way that this could easily get killed off. So people arriving from all over the States to get a bit of the action. Um, and I'm not sure, I don't know. I, I think I'm quite distinctly uncomfortable about tweeting what we call a revival. But maybe, maybe. I, I like this comment that uh, it's a beautiful mercy drop. Uh, I'm, I, I wouldn't be cynical, but I wouldn't, uh, how will I put it, say this is the next big thing. And please don't market it, whatever you do. Don't try and market the Holy Spirit. Um, but we long for revival, don't we? So there's a lot of stuff that we've looked at. There's a lot of things that might concern us. I had a Bible study this morning with some people who were very concerned about some things. And uh, I do want you to pray for me as I consider what we do here in Sydney when it's uh, World Pride over the next three weeks. You know, we're not going to go out marching on the streets and not going to just condemn it. But uh, I wonder, I'm thinking about how we can use it to proclaim the gospel. So do pray about that. And... Uh, Listen, I'm going to leave you with Bob Marley again. Um, don't, three little birds, don't worry about a thing. Every little thing going to be all right. From a secular point of view, it's rubbish. From a Christian point of view, absolute. Because Christ is king and Christ works all things for the good of those who love him. Even the messy, ugly stuff. So thanks to Peter for producing this. You want to send me news and views, please feel free to do so. Hopefully I'll feel better um, next week. I better feel better next week. And... Uh, if you've got any comments or criticisms, whatever news, feel free to do it. If you want to support it, just go to the Podbean fundraiser. But God bless you. And remember, in Christ, every little thing is going to be all right. Bye. No worries.